Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Hi, I'm Justin Kaufman, and this is Reset. Police officers will remain in Chicago public schools for now. The city's Board of Education voted 4-3 to three yesterday to continue the district's contract with the Chicago Police Department. It's a blow to progressive activists who have marched and organized many times on this issue since the police killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis. But it was an issue that the mayor of Chicago and a majority of her appointed school board members ultimately didn't want to change course on. For all of the energy of Chicago's protest movement in the last month, activists have little to show for it besides speeches from the local politicians, including Mayor Lightfoot. Defund the police? Mayor's against it. Take down statues? Mayor said no. Even making Juneteenth a city holiday was just a resolution, not a full-blown ordinance. The mayor said it would cost too much money. Alderman Rosana Rodriguez-Sanchez is in her first term representing the 33rd Ward on the Northwest Side, and she's one of a group of Democratic Socialist Council members who rarely see eye-to-eye with the mayor, and Rodriguez-Sanchez isn't happy at all with the way things are shaking out. I am disappointed, and to be honest with you, I'm enraged. We are clearly living in a moment that requires uh, looking at the things that we have been doing for a very long time and that clearly have not yielded good results and changing the course of what what we have been doing and learning from the mistakes that we have made. We know that when we put resources in communities, when when people are supported, when their needs are met, people do better and we see less violence and less need for, for punishment, right? Yesterday during the hearing, I heard several aldermen talk about the importance of having a both approach. But the reality is that not all Chicago public schools have police in them, and it's mostly black and brown communities that have police officers in their schools. So when we're talking about protecting the safety of communities and students, we need to think about what is it that we can do, what are the resources that we need to put in place in order to make a school community safe. And we haven't done that. Mm-hmm. So we- until you don't put all the resources in order to meet the needs of students to address trauma, to do trauma-informed education in communities, I don't think that you can be investing money in, in punishment. Chicago sees itself as a progressive city along the lines of you know, uh, cities in California or maybe Portland, Oregon. And we've seen other cities like Minneapolis uh, decide to remove police from school and make other drastic changes because of the protests that are in their city. So how do you see Chicago when when the mayor and uh, and the city council is not making the changes that that protesters are asking for? Again, it's very disappointing that that doesn't mean that we won't continue to push for for these changes to happen. And I want to make that clear. We haven't given up. But it is disappointing that we have a mayor that ran in a very progressive platform who said that she was absolutely for an elected school board, that she was going to look at, at, at the budget of, of CPS, that she was going to do all of these changes. And what we are seeing now is that none of that is materializing. And the, the very opposite, right? She is actually becoming an obstacle for the ones of us that want to see those changes and that, and that are fighting for those changes. And, and it is very disappointing to, to not be able to have her support in these fights that are so essential right now. Does this give energy to those, including yourself, who, who are pushing for an elected school board when you have a uh, school board that's appointed uh, vote in favor of what the mayor wants? I think that what is giving us energy is the urgency of this moment and the movement of particularly young 
black and brown uh, people that are out in the streets demanding that these changes are done because their lives depend on it. So I get energy from all of these young black and brown activists that are not scared to demand what they need. And I think that my colleagues that are also socialists and some of the progressives are on the same page. We're going to keep pushing for this. Actually, we will be having uh, a hearing in city council on July 2nd to discuss the contract uh, between CPD and CPS because, uh, as you know, Alderman uh, Sawyer, Ramirez Rosa, and Alderman Taylor introduced an ordinance that was sent to rules to cancel the contract between CPD and CPS. We haven't given up on that. We will be having a hearing uh, on July 2nd with two joint committees, the Committee on Public Safety and Education, and we will be discussing that matter. Do you believe that the Progressive Caucus and the Black Caucus in Chicago have the power to to push stuff through the Rules Committee to get it back to the City Council for vote and, and ultimately be successful? Because as we know in Chicago, when, when a lot of these uh, ordinances get pushed to rules, that's where they go to die. So do you have the power to get it out of the Rules Committee and get it back to the we council? We have a commitment from uh, Alderman Chris Taliaferro, and he had already had a conversation um, with Michelle Harris, Alderman Michelle Harris, who is the chair of the Rules Committee. We have a commitment that we are going to discuss this ordinance and that it will be taken out of rules. In terms of having the power, the power we have, the political will, that has yet to be seen, if there is the political will to push for these things. Uh, Alderman Chris Taliaferro made it clear yesterday that he's opposed to getting uh, SROs out of schools, but he's open to having the conversation and at least allowing us to debate it. So I think that it is going to be really important for people to participate, for movement to participate, and for all the people who are committed with an actual holistic education that creates human beings that are healthy and and, and emotionally safe to be able to have the schools that they deserve, and that should not include police. You know, I want to talk about defunding the police and that movement, and they kind of connect here because really it's about reallocation of funds and yes. and budget items. And, this, and the idea that saying a $33 million contract, that could be spent on social workers and other, even resource officers that are restorative justice programs. We just heard 1A talking about that this morning. Uh, that's happening around the country. And the same with defunding the police to say, you know, budget cuts are coming down the pipe. We know they are because of what's happening with COVID-19. There needs to be a reallocation of funds. So when you when you when you approach it that way, why is there any opposition? Why does city council or uh, the mayor's office want to push back on the concept of, of finding new ways to balance the budget? You know, that is a good question, and I am not sure that I understand why the opposition is so uh, hard, because even other cities have started having the conversation, and even if they're not doing anything like particularly meaningful, you know, like they are talking about it, and they are asking those questions. And I, I am still really confused about why the mayor is so opposed to even having the conversation, but I think it needs to be had. We are spending $1.8 billion in policing, and we are not necessarily seeing any results. We have 104 people shot last weekend in Chicago. How is this money being used in order to prevent that kind of violence? Okay, I'll, I'll take the side of the mayor for just a second, saying she's she's all on board when it comes to reforms. So better training, uh, officer wellness programs, uh, mandated crisis intervention, new recruit program on police community relations. Is that enough for you? Is that enough that... No, not at all. The, the thing is that we keep talking about reform and we keep talking about training. The police in Chicago is being trained. There are people, there are incredible people in Chicago that 
that are social justice workers, that are professors at different universities, that are training Chicago police on de-escalation, that are training Chicago police in black history, that are even doing peace circles with, with officers in the force. And that has not changed the way in which the police is behaving. So to, to look further into this, what we have seen nationally is that over 90% of the calls that come in for police are not for violent incidents. Mm-hmm. So we are using police, we're using armed officers, we are paying an incredible amount of money to put officers out in the street for things that do not necessarily require police. And this is an approach to safety that ends up being racist because we know that one in 1,000 black men will die at the hands of police. We have not solved that. So as long as we continue to use this approach to safety, we are going to be facing the same issues. I sit on settlement briefings almost every month in city council. We're paying an outrageous amount of money in lawsuits because police misconduct. And police is receiving the training. I know that police is receiving the training. We can continue to spend more money on more training and more training. But at what point do you just understand that you're using the wrong tool for the specific issues that you're trying to solve. We've been talking about some of the issues that are uh, that, that the protest movement and activists and Black Lives Matter are asking about or, or, or demanding change, and that's uh, defund police, that's police in schools. I mentioned taking down statues, even Juneteenth yeah. to, an, to an, a certain extent. And one of the other issues is, is, is police accountability and the, and the civilian oversight. And we see this with CPAC, and, and this is the idea that there would be a a civilian oversight of, of police. And, and this has been an issue that has played in, in Chicago over the years. Do you see this being the next fight? Do you see this being the place where maybe uh, the activist movement can can pick up some ground or at least find compromise with the mayor and the city of Chicago? <laughs> well, activists are fighting all the fights at the same time. So CPAC um, and, and the, our ability to be able to have oversight and community control over police is a fight that has not gone away and that, and that we are fighting alongside all of the rest of the things that we're doing. So I do think that there is a path forward with this. I think that there's a lot of people in the city council that are committed with police accountability. I mean, we have seen the reports of the IG. We have a consent decree that has not been implemented. It's a disaster what we are facing in terms of policing in Chicago. So uh, I think the the least that we could be talking about is about having uh, more police accountability and community control. And yes, I think that there is a path forward. Okay, so uh, there was a Block Club article just this morning, and it's, it's so interesting the idea that that you know you start getting what's CPAC and what's GAPA, GAPA, which is the Grassroots Alliance for Police Accountability. Well, they talked about how. Protesters want one thing, and aldermen, specific aldermen, are like, yes, that sounds great, but here's, but let's do this instead. <laughs> there seems to be that kind of thing that's happening in city council where almost the interpretation of what the activist movement wants is they're interpreting it, aldermen are interpreting it, and it turns into something that they didn't want entirely. So how do you, how do you answer that question about the idea of interpreting what the activists and the movements are asking for and actually executing what they're, what they're asking for? Well, actually, what I can tell you right now is that the people from CPAC and the people from GAPA, both coalitions, are are now negotiating together um, for ways in which they can um, reach uh, a project that, that both groups can get on board of. And having the support of both groups will definitely unify the movement. I think that when you talk about aldermen that are 
connected to movement in city council. There are some of us that will definitely listen to movement and try to carry those demands and push as far as we can to get as much as we can. But that's not the reality for everybody in city council. So I think that uh, the push needs to continue. And yeah, there, there will definitely be misinterpretations, but um, I think that it is our responsibility as elected officials to get the voices of the people into the city council and, and make sure that we are being truthful to, to those demands. Yeah. That's 33rd Ward Alderman Rosanna Rodriguez-Sanchez. Alderman, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And that's today's Reset. Join us tomorrow for our Friday News Roundup, all the big news of the week from Chicago and Illinois. I'm Justin Kaufman. Thanks for listening to Reset from Chicago's NPR news station, 91.5 WBEZ. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.